When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us now to talk tennis, particularly the ASB Classic, is David Long from stuff.co.nz. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ricardo. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I enjoyed your uh, your piece with uh, Kelly Evenden, the new uh, Davis Cup boss. Uh, it, it seems for me, uh, I know it hasn't been universally popular amongst players, but this play-in tournament for the wild card uh, seems to make sense for, for, from his point of view, at least. Yeah, I think so. It's an interesting, um, you know, it's interesting comments that Kelly said about it that it puts a lot of pressure on these players. That um, you know, one of them's going to have to step up and, and win it. Um, and not, you know, it's an opportunity that these players very rarely get uh, as they travel around the world to play um, a TP or WTA tournament in, in singles. Um, I did hear that the tennis is in. They would, um, you know, they were sort of looking at the, what the best way of doing it, and they were sort of thinking whether. Well, they give it the wild cards out to the players who perform the best in the um, the ITF tournaments that are going on at the moment in Wellington and Tauranga. But then they really thought that you know the draws could be tough on a player and it might not be um, um, might not you know be as fair. So they decided to go with this playoff tournament. And it's a round robin one. And sorry, no, it's a, it's a straightforward um, you know draw draw one. I remember many years ago in like 2005 or 2006, they did have it as a round robin. And uh, there was all sorts of shenanigans going on there where um, people, players who, who lost an early match and realised they were out would, would tank matches against their mates so to help them get through and stop other people getting through. And it got very, very nasty and lots of uh, name-calling on during that. But um, the straightforward knockout, I think it's, um, it's going to be very, really good and I think it's going to be you know, pr- pretty exciting tennis that you'd see in it. Yeah, it should be, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, for Kelly, this is a, effectively a trial for his Davis Cup team, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I heard you just um, read out what he said to me uh, um, the other day about um, you know whoever whoever wins the singles is uh, they're pretty much guaranteed a place in in the Davis Cup team against um, uh, Bulgaria in February in, down in Christchurch. So um, it, it, it's you know it's a great opportunity for him him to have a look at these players. Um, you know, being based in Seattle, he does try and see some of the the, the guys who are over there in college uh, when he, when he can, but. Um, you know, usually he's just working with the, the guys that are in the Davis Cup team already. In terms of guys that we should uh, look out for, mate, I don't know if the, the playing tournament's going to be televised. It'd be great if it was. I mean, who, who are who are some of the up and coming players that maybe aren't household names like a Mike Venus that we should look out for? Yeah, well, I think you'd have to say the favourite would be um, Ajit Rai, who's um, well, I think he's only like um, although um, Ruben's got a protected ranking, he's um, not far behind him. He's in like the um, he's in the five twenties uh, in the um, in the world rankings. Um, there's Finn Reynolds as well, who's he's been doing some good stuff in college, um, and he's been he's been playing well lately. And also, um, um, uh, I can't remember what his first name is now. Kaya Panu, um, who's he's from the Wellington area, and he's he's a bit older now. I think he's like 25, um, and he's but he's been having um, some very good results lately, and um, Certainly, seems to have he's a bit of a, a bit of a late bloomer, but I think he's he's looking pretty pretty good now with the way where he's where he has his tennis.
He's yeah. six fifty four in the world, so he's not too far behind the other behind yeah. a Jeep. And, and most of these guys are playing in the ITF, right? The the tournament that uh, run, well, the uh, the tour that runs under the ATP. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, most of these guys, you know, occasionally they might get a get uh, get a play in a, in a um, ATP Challenger, but most of the time they're they're battling away on the ITF circuit, which is which is pretty grueling. You're, you're traveling around the world, standing pretty. You know, poor accommodation and in very little money, um, but it's the it's the the pathway that um, that many players have got to go through to, to make it to the top. Yeah, yeah, indeed, a lot of them have to go through that. I mean, there's a there's a mix of that and a mix of guys playing college. You'd have to think the guys on the ITF um, probably maybe a bit mentally stronger. Is that how you'd look at it? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, guys, a guy like um, Isaac Beecroft, who. Um, who you know had he had a handy career in in juniors and he's been playing um, um, you know uh, at a high level of, of um, tennis at college in the states he's he's been progressing well and I know there's there's um, um, you know there's high hopes for him someone like George Stoop uh, I don't think he'd be able to get into the tournament because he do need to have some ATP points but he's, an, he's and again he's another player who's done well in coming through college and and really for for New Zealanders it's the only really only way that you can you can make it is to go to college for four years there. Um, where we are in New Zealand, unless you've got incredibly rich parents, um, the cost of you know going out on the circuit and constantly being based in Europe or the States is just um, you know so prohibitive. If you've got to go through all that period um, where you're still learning the game and, and you're having to cover all the costs yourself. Yeah, right. Okay, mate. Um, what about the women's side of the draw? I mean, uh, you know, we know about Erin Rootliff. She's currently ranked 31st uh, by the WTA in doubles. No doubt she'll be here playing doubles. I don't know if she's going to be here uh, uh, as a singles player as well. Um, who else should we be looking out for from a Kiwi point of view uh, on the women's side of things? Yeah, I think the women's is going to be very interesting. Um, you mentioned Erin. As far as I understand, she is going to play singles as well. Um, she, I mean, she's sort of um, she went into doubles and she specialised in that now, and she's managed to get a good career for herself in it. Um, I did say to her at Wimbledon this year, um, you know, with your plans, so well, would you have another look at doubles and sorry, at singles? And and, so, and she said, yes, she would have it look to try and do it. Do it. She feels she's she's playing better now than when she stopped playing singles. Um, so you know, and it's, but but rarely does she get the opportunity to, to have a go at singles if you're travelling around the world in doubles draws and you can't get into the same tournament for your singles. So she, you know, would be really interested to see how she goes. Um, the other ones are Paige Horrigan, who's coming back from a very lengthy injury, Valentina Ivanov, um, who has been in the college in the States, and uh, Vivian Yang, who um, had a, a fairly surprise win over um, uh, Valentina in the Wellington Open, um, which just finished up this weekend. Um, and Vivian, she's um, she's won, I'd say, we kind of say that Tennessee Zealand have got, um, got very high hopes for. They've invested a lot of time and money into her. Over her, over her career, she's, um, she's got next year's her final year as a junior. Um, she's quite an aggressive player, not your normal sort of, um, I guess, uh, young woman woman player who's you know supposed to be more sort of consistent. She does go for her shots, um, and so I think she could be um, she could be one who's who's causing some upsets in this tournament.
Yeah, all right. We'll look at, look forward to seeing um, them kick off. I mean, the strength of the tournament, I think, um, you know, Nicholas Lampring, I know you talked to him, you did a story which is on stuff.co.nz uh, just on the weekend, has, has done a, a really good job, um, you know, sort of, and, and has kind of put his own stamp on this. I think that, that's always a worry when you get somebody like Carl Budge, who's uh, done this job for so long and done such a good job of it, is, is the next person coming in and, and being able to, you know, sort of continue that work on. Yeah, that's right. It certainly was the worry, you know. Um, you know, with Carl had, had really sort of stamped his mark to the tournament and made um, made it so popular amongst amongst the players around the world. And you know, not only have, having a new tournament director come in, um, but also going two years without the tournament. You know, it's, it was a, it did seem like a you know a couple of significant hurdles that he had to overcome. But he's managed to pull together a, you know a pretty impressive uh, draw. Um, you know, you can't really compare it to um, to Brisbane, which is on the, oh, Adelaide, sorry, on the same week, which is uh, a WTA 500 tournament, so it has a lot stronger players. But even so, you know, to get players like Coco Goff, um, 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 Emma Raducanu, and um, Leila, Leila Fernandez, I think, you know, it's, it's a very impressive field. Yeah, yeah, very impressive field. And the thing that, you know, this tournament's always prided itself on is uh, as finding those up and coming players who are going to be the next superstars, and, and, and we get to see them here before they break. And you, you looking at the stats around um, Linda and Brenda Fruveratova uh, um, out, out of the Czech Republic. I mean, they look like either of those two could be that next player, or even uh, you know the next Williams sisters type thing. The way that they've been going in their uh, in their careers so far, still only what fifteen and seventeen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean um, Nicholas was telling me he. They already, when they were like 10 and 12, they already had like Adidas and the other Nike or whatever are chasing after them and, and agents. So um, it's very, very, you know, in that way, it's very similar to what happens with Torino and, and Venus early on in their career. But they both, you know, um, both having a fantastic season. It's difficult to know at this stage, um, you know, which one might end up being the better player. Uh, and, you know, as we've seen so often, um, you know, players show a lot of promise at early age, but then sort of, fizzle away but I think with these two you could, you could safely say that they're both you know still looking you know impressive in, in how they're going yeah yeah 100% I mean I think is it Brenda's the, the who's got the wild card um she's unbeaten in 25 matches straight and I think she's only dropped two sets in that time yeah that's right I mean there were in ITF tournaments which are the tournaments we've, we spoke about earlier so they mm. weren't again um you know a really high high ranked players but even so at the age of 15 to be going to to, to, to be doing things like that, it's it's um, it's pretty incredible, and it shows you know um, a very impressive mental strength that she must have to, to go out there and to play against these older players and, and get the results. It's, um, yeah. A very good time for others, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I've been talking to people, um, Dave, around this tournament and and sort of asking them for memories. Had Mike Venison before as well. I mean, you've covered this tournament forever and a day. I mean, what what would your you know sort of favourite memories of of covering this tournament be? I think I'd have to say a favourite probably of all time was um, when Marini Rakovic beat um, Vera Zvonareva back in, in 2008. It was a sort of, you know, for those people who have been following tennis, Marina was the, was the big hope um, um, for, for a while and she was a clearly standout player in New Zealand. And then for them to go on and beat um, a, player, a player of uh, Zvonareva's stature, um, who might have been top 20 in the world or something at the time, but she definitely was a top 10 player. You know, to beat her on centre court with uh, with pretty much um, 
you know, a whole nation watching it. It was it was a sort of a breakthrough moment for Marino and I think for the tournament in as well and, and, for, and for Tennessee New Zealand to, to finally have a player um, at that level with the New Zealand flag next to name. I mean, sad, sadly, there hasn't been anyone in singles since Marina and, you know, we're still, that search continues. But I, I just think that it was just an incredible occasion that, that afternoon. I remember it was a pretty hot day and for her to go and win 7-6 um, in the third, it was, um, you know, a very special moment, I think. Yeah, good stuff, David. Thanks very much for coming on, mate, and having a chat. And keep up the good work at stuff.co.nz covering the tennis too. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Cheers. Thanks very much. Uh, David Long there with us.